It's your empathy spinning out of control. You are so desperate to do something for those who are suffering. You lose your ability to tell right from wrong. This is exactly why unchecked empathy, especially on large scales, can contribute to the chaos we witness in the world. It reminds us that empathy without critical thinking, without any supporting logic, understanding and a commitment to truth and justice can be twisted into something very divisive and destructive. Welcome back to Experable. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. And in this show, we learn from the success and struggles of people we admire and dive deep into concepts that help us expand the possibilities available to us so we can freely, boldly design the life we desire, discover the depth and breadth of our capabilities, access the wisdom available in the world around us, and even on really bad days, love what we see in the mirror. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Experable. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope you're doing well in this very stressful period. I hope you're taking care of yourself and your loved ones. In the previous episode, we talked about uh, managing the fear and anxiety caused by the ongoing global conflict and maintaining good mental health. Today, we are talking about a different aspect of the same issue, which is empathy fatigue or overload, something that I believe a lot of us are experiencing as we are watching this very um, painful, very horrifying, scary situation unfold, especially when we read statements from the victims or listen to their interviews. We experience empathy, which is obviously good in the scheme of things. But when the empathy you're experiencing is unaccompanied by any positive action that gives you a healthy outlet for your emotions, or if it's for something that has as much pain and horror, and that's as ongoing as the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is, that empathy can really take a toll. It can become very dangerous for your health and well-being, and a lot of you may not even realize that you are suffering from empathy fatigue. And so in today's episode, I want to talk about how you can hold space for the pain of those who are suffering and also maintain good emotional health. Because you see, empathy is not just you feeling sad or sorry for someone else's suffering. You're not just standing there observing someone from a distance. You are tuning your heart into the frequency of someone else's feelings. Sympathy is when you feel sorry for them. You might say, uh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I hope things get better really soon. You may offer them a tissue or give them a comforting hug, but you're still standing outside their emotional house. Empathy, on the other hand, is when you step inside that house. You recall the heartache you felt when you lost something precious and you bring that feeling back to your heart so you can be with someone in that dark place. You're not just acknowledging their pain, you're allowing yourself to feel all of it. It's like you're saying without words, I see your pain and I understand it because I can feel it too. You're not alone. And in a way, that's really, really beautiful. And we definitely, definitely need more of it because if the people making the decisions to drop missiles and destroy homes could feel that kind of empathy, they would most definitely make very different choices. So yeah, empathy is wonderful. It's a very powerful, uh, positive emotion, but it's also very, very demanding. You have got 
to find a healthy place to stop, which can be very difficult to do when the suffering that you're witnessing has no end in sight. You see, it started with the pandemic, then came the Ukraine-Russia war, the freak natural events, now the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and I don't know if I'm missing something here, because it's really hard to keep track at this point. Uh, and, and in a case like this, where the trauma is so constant, because of the empathy we experience, we can really drown in other people's emotions, and in doing so, fail to protect our own emotional space. We have known so much pain in the past two to three years that if we don't maintain our sense of proportion, if we don't do a better job of protecting ourselves, even as we empathize with others, it can have some really, really bad consequences for our emotional health. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about how empathy affects you and your emotional health. Firstly, there's what you might call the emotional contagion. That's when you are so good at tuning into someone else's feelings that their stress, their sadness, their anger, it begins to seep into your own emotional skin. Now, you don't just understand what they're going through. You are taking on their emotional baggage. This can be extremely draining and it may even lead to burnout or emotional fatigue because all of this is accompanied by all that is going on in your life as well. You know, your life doesn't just stop. You have your own thing going on, your own pain, your own more difficult needs. And then there is all of this other pain that you're so willingly taking on. It has to be exhausting. And when this happens, you will find that your sleep gets disrupted, your patience gets thinner, joy feels distant, and also not okay, considering so many people are in pain right now. This is something that happens very frequently. You may feel a lot of guilt when you allow yourself to be happy even for a moment. Because suddenly you remember that, oh, there are so many people who are so unhappy, so much in pain right now. How can I allow myself to be happy? That has to be so exhausting. And you may even experience hopelessness during this period. And all of that, my friend, is the shadow side of empathy. It's a place where you willingly walk into the darkness that someone else is experiencing. And if you don't limit the time you spend in that darkness, it will seep into your soul and it will drain your physical reserves as well. Now, the next thing you need to understand is that strong empathy can also lead to empathy bias. This is something I felt I had to research. You know, I was watching the news and I was seeing how people who are not directly involved in the conflict have been behaving and it has been it has been unpleasant to watch because, you know, you're not helping. You're just making things worse. So it's very important to understand at this time the way empathy plays out in group dynamics societal issues and even global unrest, it can tap into the darker sides of our nature and social behavior. Now, the empathy is no longer just about feeling for someone. It also becomes about who we do not extend our empathy to. So if I strongly empathize with group A and group B is attacking them, I will not only want to do things to support the people of group A, I may actively start hating group B and everything it stands for. The intense empathy for group A can create a tunnel vision, making it harder to recognize, understand, or value the emotions and experiences of those in group B. Forgetting that they are also human beings experiencing pain, fear, uncertainty, and immense loss. This is when excessive empathy for one group can create suspicion and even contempt for the other group. We may dehumanize the members of that group. 
and even minimize what they are suffering and turn them into our enemies, people who need to be taken down by whatever means are available to us. When communities, leaders or media keep hammering on this wedge and they do that, in case you haven't noticed, empathy becomes a weapon. The narrative often turns into us versus them. And violence very often becomes a misguided form of defending, avenging, or standing up for the group we empathize with. Your empathy is no longer about understanding. Now it's about protecting the group you empathize with. It's about defeating and even punishing the others, the group that you do not empathize with. It can lead to us doing something that is really not okay and that may even contribute to the ongoing violence, as is already happening in many places including universities where innocent students who may be supporting one side are getting brutalized by someone else supporting the other side. It's your empathy spinning out of control. You are so desperate to do something for those who are suffering, you lose your ability to tell right from wrong. This is exactly why unchecked empathy, especially on large scales, can contribute to the chaos we witness in the world. It reminds us that empathy without critical thinking, without any supporting logic, understanding and a commitment to truth and justice can be twisted into something very divisive and destructive rather than uniting and constructive, which is what empathy is actually about. It's about doing good in the world. It's about taking other people's pain away or at least sharing in that so that the burden is not so heavy anymore. It's yet another reason why it's so important to not get trapped in an emotional echo chamber and continue to maintain some degree of objectivity, uh, some degree of distance and a sense of calm within ourselves so that even as we grapple with these very heavy emotions, we are able to think clearly and make choices that we don't regret once this emotional storm has passed. Now, some of us may choose to go down a more positive path. You know, because it's so difficult to do much of anything for what is happening between Israel and Palestine, you may pick a different cause to contribute to, which I think is a great idea. But if you choose to go down that path with your empathy weighing heavy and overruling your judgment, your awareness of your own needs, then again, you may find it difficult to stop because through whatever it is that you're doing with this different cause, You are now trying to compensate for what you believe the Israeli and the Palestinian people are suffering. And again, it's so huge what is happening to these people that you may end up pushing yourself to the point of burnout. And you may be doing this to yourself without even realizing it. And you know, I am all for resilience. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I am big, big on being resilient, being tougher, holding yourself to a higher standard. And I absolutely do believe in holding space for other people's pain. But at some point, you have to say that, okay, I am unable to do anything about the situation. So let me now redirect my focus to something positive or find a way to create positivity for others because now my own inner space is getting affected. Because you really, really cannot pour from an empty cup. You have to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Now, there's also the very real danger of going the other extreme and turning all the emotions off. There was something that Dr. Margaret said in the previous episode. She shared that the more cruelty you witness, the more cynical you become. 
and it makes sense if you think about it police officers soldiers therapists forensic psychiatrists surgeons even social workers people who are constantly in the company of pain suffering cruelty crime they have to at some point for sheer survival turn off their emotion they have to desensitize themselves but they do that to be effective at their job it allows them to really be there for the person who needs them and keep the focus on helping that person get to a healthier place but for those of us outside these professions those of us feeling the weight of the world's tragedies from our homes this detachment does not come with the same safety parameters we don't have the balancing outlet of knowing that our emotional disconnection serves a higher purpose our disconnection without that support system can bleed into personal numbness it can lead to a pervasive cynicism it replaces hope with this very hard shell that blocks all emotional sensitivity and you risk losing touch with your own humanity this is why a lot of the time empathy fatigue leads to acts of violence so let's please have a better hold over our emotional compass let's not lose ourselves in the empathy we are experiencing for the people who are suffering and if now you are thinking hey this sounds familiar i may be experiencing it here's how you can spot it so there's obviously the physical exhaustion then there's the emotional burnout when you are emotionally so completely spent that you start approaching emotional indifference which may look like you not caring anymore about anybody else things that get a strong reaction from you simply don't register anymore then there's the irritability and detachment you are now feeling a disconnection from others you may even be behaving in a very cynical way at times things that you once approached with a lot of patience and understanding now get an eye roll from you It's like your empathy well has truly run dry. The world is losing color. You know how you used to feel joy, satisfaction and all the vibrant emotions in between, the entire spectrum. All of it seems faded. It seems faded, it is harder to grasp as if you're seeing life through a blurry wall almost. Now that's a depression kicking in. And depression is a common guest in the house of compassion fatigue, so you may want to watch out for that. uh then the physical symptoms may become more dominant you may experience headaches sleeplessness and other stress related symptoms and i'll add something here um from my own experience you can know when you're empathizing in an excessive unhealthy way is when all you care about is that one cause that you've attached yourself to and nothing else matters to you so you are being overly empathetic to certain people to certain kind of pain to somebody's pain and at the same time behaving in a very unpleasant um unkind way to everyone else and everything else now fortunately there are ways to cultivate a balance to ensure that your empathy remains a source of strength and not become a point of depletion so how do we do that well we start with boundaries we start with recognizing that to empathize is very very human but so is seeking joy and it's okay to step back to breathe to indulge in laughter to engage with life's lighter dimensions it's okay in fact it's necessary to sometimes distance yourself from the influx of distressing news to give yourself the space to process heal and gather strength 
it's also very important to understand that there is a fine line between sharing someone's pain and shouldering it. So set emotional boundaries, which means that you recognize and you respect that line. You can be a pillar of support for someone without letting their emotions destabilize your own. The second thing you can do is practice self-reflection and self-awareness. So regularly check in with yourself. How are you feeling? Are you emotionally overextended? Recognizing your emotional state will help you gauge whether you are in a position to be present for others or maybe you need to take care of yourself first. If you can recognize your emotional state, you can make a better choice. You can decide whether you are in any position to be present for other people or perhaps right now you need to take care of yourself first. The third thing you can do is you can engage in regular self-care. So make sure you're replenishing your own emotional well, your own emotional reserves. Engage in activities that rejuvenate you, whether that's exercise, reading, meditation, or spending time in nature, or spending time with someone you love, whatever it is. And look at these activities not as indulgences, and and you kind of have to do that if you're anything like me. (laughs) You have to look at them not as indulgences, but as necessities. So don't see it as you just, you know, having fun while the world is on fire. That's not true at all. You are doing what you have to do to take care of yourself. So again, you can take care of others and just be a better human all around. All of these activities, they will ensure you're grounded and you're resilient. So don't get glued to the news channel. In fact, maybe set a hard limit for it. I don't allow myself to watch more than 15 minutes of discourse around the Israeli-Palestinian conflict at a stretch. I can do maybe four rounds of 15 minutes, but I spread them out throughout the day. And, and this is not just because it's, it's uh, emotionally draining. It's also, it can become very addictive because it arouses such extreme emotions within you. You get so angry, you get so sad, there are this like this whole cocktail of emotions that's running through your system, and there is an uh, an associated emotional arousal to that, and that feeling can be very addictive. Now you're you're muttering to yourself. Maybe you joined in the comment section, and it's just a lot, and it can become very very hard to stop because these are issues that we all have some opinion about. Whether our opinion is informed or not, we you know at some point we just don't care. We just want to say what we want to say. We want to be heard, even if all we're doing is screaming into the abyss. So be mindful of that, please. Now, we talked about empathy bias to make sure that you are not falling a victim to that. What you can do is, and this is especially important, I think, at this time, uh, please seek diverse perspectives. Be open to understanding experiences of both sides. This broadens your empathetic range and it helps you prevent the, the tunnel vision that can lead to us versus them thinking. It's about recognizing the humanity in all shades of human experience, right? Um, Another thing you can do here is you can educate yourself. Sometimes we get swept up in causes or emotions because we don't have the full picture. It, It is very easy, especially where this particular conflict is concerned because this is so highly emotional and none of us actually have the full picture. We never do, you know? Uh, Unless you are directly involved in the situation, unless you're one of the people making the choices, you never quite have the full picture. At least that's my opinion. So make sure that you're as informed as you can be, especially about the issues that are triggering an emotional response within you. Understand the complexities 
Okay, if nothing else, it will help you moderate your more extreme reactions. Now, if none of this helps, please seek professional help. If you find yourself persistently overwhelmed, there is no shame in seeking support from a therapist or a counselor. Um, because sometimes we just we need a little help learning to process and compartmentalize our emotional experiences. So it's perfectly okay to ask for help. Now, if you want to take this a step further, you want to also maintain good emotional health. What you can do is really just try to limit media consumption. The thing that I've noticed is with a lot of the news channels uh, is that is the way they give you news. It's never just news. It's never just facts. Hey, here's what's happening. Now, please feel free to form your own opinions. It's always very agenda oriented. And there's a definite hero and then there's a definite villain. So please don't fall victim to that tactic. So... You can limit your media consumption and also be very careful of where you're getting your news from. Don't get it from agenda-oriented sources because they're all about pushing their own ideas. They're they're never just going to give you facts. They're going to give you facts packaged in a way that is bound to trigger a particular kind of response in you. So please be careful of that. Then also, it is highly advisable that you stay very, very connected with your loved ones during this period. Keep exercising. It doesn't have to be an intense workout, even a daily walk, a dance session, some yoga. It can all make a huge difference. I really believe that. Pursue hobbies and interests. You know, when empathy gets really loud, as I said, you may find yourself drowning in all of that emotion and just completely blocking out all of life. So make sure that you are engaging in activities that bring you joy and relaxation. Whether it's 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 gardening, painting, reading, cooking... Hobbies, they can be a great emotional outlet. They can keep you grounded as you navigate all of what is going on, right? As you navigate this emotional maze, it's very important to indulge in something completely positive and that is also taking you out of that space of darkness. You can also journal about the thoughts that are persistently negative, that are maybe making you cry and whatever else you are experiencing that may be getting in the way of your emotional health. Try to journal about that. Then you can practice gratitude. And this might sound simple, but consciously acknowledging the good in your life, even the tiny wins, the the simple little beautiful moments, it can really shift your perspective from what's going wrong to what's going right. So try to do that. Lastly, as I shared uh, during today's conversation, you can direct your energy into a different, more positive direction where you can still help right? But you're helping in a different capacity. So maybe volunteer at an animal shelter, organize a food drive, donate clothes, or maybe even just, you know, do small little things like help your neighbor walk their dog or babysit for someone. It can make you feel more positive, more connected, and just have a sense of, well, yes, I'm doing something at this very, very bad time. I am doing something to help that can make a huge difference. Now, before I sign off, I just want to say that this is a it's a bad time for all of us. The fear, the uncertainty, the pain, it's, it's almost stifling. But you are not alone in what you feel. Your pain is very valid. It is a form of love and the world desperately needs more love right now. But make sure that you use all of that, all of your emotions to create good in the world. Do not let this empathy dim your own light. Embrace it but also guard your joy fiercely. And don't feel guilty for experiencing happiness because maybe you don't see it yet, but there are groups out there who are 
deliberately trying to create hate and despair. So when in the midst of all that is happening, in the midst of all of this darkness, you find a way to hold on to your sense of gratitude, your hope, your joy. In my opinion, it is the healthiest way to say, fuck you to anyone hoping to use your empathy to create further dissent and chaos in the world. It's a rebellion against despair, a beacon guiding not just you, but others who feel equally lost and alone right now. So be empathetic, love your fellow humans and take action towards supporting them. But please do it without jeopardizing your own sense of self or your well-being or falling victim to narratives out there that are not meant for the upliftment of humanity. And if you want someone to talk to, as always, I'm here for you and my contact information is available in the episode description. But if you want focused help, seek help from a therapist or a counselor. Good luck. Well, what do you know? We've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, for supporting the podcast and for sharing your time with me. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show on whatever podcast platform you love. You can also watch the video version of the interviews and most of the solo episodes on my YouTube channel. Link is in the episode description. Now, if you made it this far, you must love the content at least a little bit, or maybe you just like hanging out with me, or there was something in this particular episode that resonated with you. Or maybe it's all of those things. I would love to know. So if you've got a minute, it will be great if you can drop a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can send me your thoughts on the show via email. Now, if you want content that goes deeper than even the podcast does with a lot of real life stories, one-on-one interactions, or just become part of my tribe, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. The link is in the episode description. Once again, thank you so, so much for sharing your time with me. Take care and I will be back soon with the next episode. Mm